Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and they come on. Where's Toby? Well, I'm practicing, you know, social distancing and... I have a few tips for everybody, you know, you know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning and welcome in. Saturday suckage for you. Wake and Bake Club is right here for you. Some of you Sox fans need it. So that's why Mark Grody and I are here. We're pleasers, not teasers. And we'll go from Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. And later on in the show, there'll be some Saturday snogging discussion. But first, Mark, how are you, sir? I am doing great, Stevie Sunshine, here on a Saturday morning in downtown Chicago, sitting on my couch and talking to you. I mean, how could life get any better? Well, we only have three hours to name the ways. Actually, we don't even have that, because (laughs) we will be, uh, later on in the show, we'll be replaying the Joe Madden interview from inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel, and it was illuminating and it was very that that is the organization from which tony la russa comes and that's where we're going to start the show so we'll bring you joe madden later on you may have heard of him the you cubs people you tony la russa the name boy look how far we've come in this week of of ricky renteria is gone 
And by the way, it wasn't about game three, but basically it was all about game three because they couldn't pitch and we fired the pitching coach and the manager. And so there's some crap to wade through that Rick Hahn said. But now Tony La is here. So let me get from you, Mark, your thoughts when you first heard that or read that. And have they changed at all? I was shocked when I read that because it's just a classic case of a guy. And there, there have been other coaches in baseball and other sports when their names pop up. Like, oh, hadn't, hadn't heard his name in a long time. Didn't even know he was still interested. Like Joe Gibbs back in the day when he had his second run with the uh, then Washington Redskins. That's a pretty, yeah. right? pretty good example yeah. right there. And that's just off the top of my damn head. Man, I am clicking here on a Saturday. But, you yeah, are. There, there, there are guys that go away, and then they come back. And it happens sometimes successfully. In Joe Gibbs's case, not successfully. So when I heard it, I was surprised like that, just because I, I didn't know. The second part was I didn't have a problem with it at all because it was very simple to me. It's very simple. So Tony La Russa interviews with Rick Hahn and whomever else might be in the room, but presumably it's Rick Hahn doing the, the main question. I'm sure maybe Kenny Williams is in there as well. I doubt the, the chairman would be part of the interview process. They would report to him afterwards. So they ask him all the questions that everybody has been asking all week long on the score, whether it be hosts or texters or callers. And I've listened and consumed a lot, like I'm sure you have. And I, there are legitimate concerns. But it's very simple to me. Rick Hahn asks those questions. If he doesn't get the answers he needs, you move on to the next guy. If he does get the answers he needs, you have a great manager. You have a great manager because one thing that Tony La Russa has been is a great manager. You're allowed to use that word when you refer to Tony La Russa. He's been great. He's been <laughs> great at at doing that job like he is one of those managers who helps you win games so that's my reaction to it i i think i have simplified it more than other people have there's been a lot of rage and confusion i think from just about everybody on the score i don't think there's anybody who has supported it i'm not saying he'd been my first choice but it's very simple interview him if he doesn't sound like he can relate to the modern ball player, if he doesn't relate to modern numbers and metrics and things, then move on to the next guy. It's not that difficult. I um, I, I thought this was – it is simplified that way, and that's exactly how the process should work. Even if you really like him, you still move on to the next guy because you need to comparative shop in a lot of different ways. And when I first heard it, I thought – Oh my God! This is this is Chairman Reinsdorf, uh, and and enforcing his or playing his "I get one guy" card. Would you talk to him? Card that kind of thing. You do what your boss. I agree with that. I agree with you do that. What you, yes. You do what your boss wants you to do, and then as he's the favorite and it grows, and and you're right, the hysteria around this, and I came to think there is. There is a huge advantage to doing it this way. I didn't think it was any kind of conspiracy, like, all right, we're going to do this so our real choice looks better than this. Exactly. Exactly. I, I don't think that was. I don't think that was the plan. I do think that this is is partly a favor to Chairman Reinsdorf. I think it's also one of the smartest things the White Sox can do. First, and here's why. Anybody else who's been mentioned, who has been rumored, 
is not available to be to be interviewed right now. You can't. They're suspended. Mm-hmm. AJ Hinch and Alex Cora are suspended until the end of the World Series, <laughs> and we haven't even begun the World Series. So there's no sense waiting around. You get on with the business you need to get on with if you're the White Sox. And here is what makes this move with Tony La Russa great to me is he's been he again again third winningest manager you can't he's a great manager and he's been involved at, in an advisory role with three different teams since he left the Cardinals since he won the World Series left the Cardinals rode off into the sunset didn't actually go off into the sunset he rode off to Arizona and then Boston and now the Angels and what you're going to get is a free look at a guy who is he too old to manage? I don't know. Cubs fans will remember Jack McKeon beat their sorry butts in the 2003 World Series. He came in in the middle of the season, and those Marlins turned it around. And the the, the advantage of talking to La Russa now is it goes in so many different directions. It's hydra-headed. First of all, you get to look at three different organizations for which he served as an advisor. And one was Arizona. And he was in charge of almost everything there. He was in charge of everything, and he had Dave Stewart as a GM, and and, and it was a mess. It was miserable. They finally demoted him, and they made him leave, and when he left, they got better. Then he went to Boston. Dave Dabrowski brought him in, and Dave Dabrowski said, he's going to be my advisor. He had a hand in hiring Alex Cora. What do you, you know, was that endorsing cheating? Is that endorsing, or is it not cheating unless you get caught? Well, they got caught. Everybody got caught. One way or another, everybody got caught and punished. But you get a free look at what La Russa did in Arizona, free look at what La Russa did in Boston, free look at what's going on now with Joe Madden and the Angels and how that organization works. And then, based on what you know, you get to see if La Russa is going to lie to you. Is he going to be honest? <laughs> is, but, I'm, I, I mean... Is he going to be honest about his failures, his role in the failures? And I have to believe Rick Hahn will be the only guy in the room for most of that. He has to be. It's his decision. Whatever Kenny Williams might think, whatever Jerry Reinsdorf, we already know what Reinsdorf thinks. It has to be Rick Hahn being comfortable with the guy who's going to manage. That's, That's the relationship. That's what it comes down to. And you're talking about a guy... Who, when he managed, he had they had trouble with the whole bullpen thing at the end, and the, and and Larusa's on the phone, and they had phone trouble, and they had trouble making up lies and all that crap. But Tony Larusa ran a bullpen better than Ricky Renteria and Don Cooper did, and that was one of the major reasons Ricky Renteria and Don Cooper are not there. I don't know what I've never heard Larusa's views on the opener, and and as it extends now. But he's a guy who is never afraid to wear out the bullpen and wear out the the walk to the mound to get the ball from the guy because that's what he did, because that's what Earl Weaver did, that's what Sparky Anderson did. LaRusa yes. didn't invent this. But LaRusa no, carried it on. And and, and he has to be right. a guy you listen to, right? Yeah. I think right now, Tony LaRusa would still be great at running a bullpen and running his starters, and knowing what to do. I don't think he'd hold on to what he did in his final year with the St. Louis Cardinals. Like, that would not be... I mean, look, this guy progressed and did things differently every year of his career in terms of how he handled his ball clubs. He was always ahead of the curve in that regard. And again, I'll go back to it. If 
Rick Kahn doesn't get the answers he wants. He will take that to Chairman Reinsdorf and say, look, I know he's your guy, but this, this, and this, he, I just, I can't work with that. And I would think, based on reports, that, that Chairman Reinsdorf would say, all right, move on to the next guy. So I don't know. Maybe I'm naive to trust the process, but in that case, I trust Rick Hahn to, to get the answers he needs, and if he doesn't, then move on to the next. The other thing, too, is um, just, just a little uh, personal experience that I've had with Tony La Russa. Back when he was managing with the St. Louis Cardinals, and I was covering the Cubs as a beat reporter for WBBM. This is before my my days doing Cubs pre and post. But I remember going over to the, the visiting dugout when he was in town with St. Louis. I had a question for him, something about a lineup, something innocuous, something stupid, but something I needed to know. And I asked him directly. There was no other reporters around. I just caught him coming out of the, the manager's room, that tiny little room. You know the room I'm speaking of a musty mm-hmm. little room and he kind of snapped at me got mad at me like kind of how dare you try to ask me a question right now when i'm doing this and i don't even remember how that it, it ended with me having a very negative thoughts on tony la fast forward now to his days in arizona i'm walking through the press box in arizona doing pre and post for the cubs i'm you know i'm always thinking about who's my next interview going to be I literally run into Tony La Russa. Well, I shouldn't say literally because we didn't knock into each other. I saw him. I said, just taking a chance, just like I do with anybody that had a big name. Hey, Mark Rody, Cubs pre and post, would you have some time to chat? And he was like, absolutely, sure. Pulls me into like one of the other studios or booths, and we sat there and talked for an hour. And he was incredible, and his ideas were progressive. His thought process was amazing, and he was a a willing talker. So it worked for me on a couple levels. On a personal level, like kind of changing my opinion of what kind of a dude he was, and then learning some baseball from him. And I'm still, as we speak, still trying to find that uh, that digital recording I had with him to find out to get more intel from him because it was fantastic. Um, and you know, you know how we are. We're petty as reporters. If you get blown <laughs> off by one guy, right? Like, oh, he's a jerk. He's a bad man. And, like, and that's kind of the way I probably was for, oh, he's a bad guy. And then, and then, which was just stupid of me. But then having this conversation with him, now I, I turn the corner, probably again, because I'm a, you know, ego filled reporter. He sat there with me for an hour. And it was one of those things. You've had these moments, Steve, where you're like, oh, this guy really actually wants to talk. He's engaged. He doesn't want, oh, he doesn't want to wrap up the interview. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? So that was the experience that I had with Tony, Tony La Russa for whatever it's worth. And I think that the part that might be worth to White Sox fans, because I realize I just told a lot, but the part that might be worth to White Sox fans is that, you know, this is Arizona. It's a few years ago, but he still had what I perceived as a very active, progressive baseball mind. That's all. I would like to, I hope you find that, because I would like to know what, what forms of active and progressive baseball thoughts he offered yeah. at the time and we can uh-huh. we can put it into perspective we can frame it a little better yeah um, I've seen I've seen both sides of that and I and then when it comes down because I sat with him for the same for an hour before a game one time and for when I was doing out loud interviews and yeah he's going through those cards that other people would put on computer later on and he would and he was going through them and just saying, look, this is all I had. 
look who I'm competing with in the American League when I'm when I'm brought in to manage. And he talks about the the Weavers and the Andersons and 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 lists all the managers he's competing against. He says all I have are these. He said this <laughs> is where I have to start. So he was, and I wouldn't even call them advanced metrics. They were simply the prob. They were probabilities. So the theory is the same. The concept is right, and that's what he would do because that's what Earl Weaver did. Earl Weaver kept a book. He had a book. He had notes, and he believed in pitching and three-run homers. And by the way, look at what's happening in the playoffs. Pitching and three-run homers. See the Dodgers for details of getting back into this. It's just that's that part hasn't changed with with him. And and then I've also seen him really angry after a game because yeah. there's such an edge of ferocity about him. And I know that the two... Two times I saw him, that, that the one time that really jumps out was after Daryl Kyle died, and and they went through certain, they they played a game. It was at home, and they lost. And reporters wanted to lob that softball question, and I get it because Tony is ferocious after a game, and there's a smoldering. You just don't know what's going to erupt, if anything. And he refuses to accept letting his players have an excuse that Daryl Kyle died and they're still mourning him because they had a game to play. He wasn't buying that. And he was snapping at reporters, sending a message to his players. And that can be pretty intimidating. So he's, that's the way he, that's the way he is. And he, it doesn't surprise me you found him Engaging and intelligent, I found him that way too. And can you imagine between Chairman Reinsdorf and Rick Hahn and Tony Russo, there's going to there's going to be an awful lot that's going to be lawyered in that kind of front office, that kind of hierarchy, with all of them having law degrees like that. That could be a thing. <laughs> and I and I do think that he's you, you you're not obligated to hire the guy. That's no. I mean, you exactly. Can interview everybody. Right. And here's here's something that was brought up to me yesterday. So, I tell you what. I know we we're coming up on a break that we never. Don't take, worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're gonna you just talk. Well, we're gonna take the break and we'll okay. 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 How would there are two issues here about Tony Russo's involvement in cheating with with Alex Cora in Boston as well as Houston, and then the whole Royds thing you know, defending obvious Royds people and Jose Canseco was right and Tony Russo wasn't and Mark McGuire was all about that and Tony defended all that. And is that just a man is is he willfully stupid or is he just lying because that's what a manager has to do for his players sometimes? And and does he really believe that kneeling is wrong because he's willfully stupid? that he doesn't realize why they kneel. And I don't know that you have to look very far to figure it out, but he refuses to do that. It has nothing to do with the flag or the patriotism or anything. I, I, I know Bernsey played, replayed something from this year where he echoed that, where he repeated that, and that's willful stupidity. There's also something else, especially with these White Sox, and their swagger and change the game. How does Tony La Russa deal with 
that kind of dig me baseball, dig me response. Does he let it go? You don't like what our guys do? Then get them out, which is kind of a Rick Hahn. Rick Hahn repeated that. What do you think? What's your response? My response is simple to that. that again, that's the interview process. Hey, Tony, we got a team that has a lot of <laughs> swagger, and we're cool with with Aloy Jimenez taking the button down to about the middle of his stomach. And we're, we we like that Yohan Moncada spells out his name with all of the chains that he wears. We love it. We like the we like it when Tim Anderson is it's part of our promotional product when Tim Anderson changes the game and does bat flips. We like all this stuff. Tony, what do you think about that? There's two answers to be. You know what? I'm down with that. I understand I'm older. This is not the way I think, but you know what? I'm going to let them be them. Okay, you passed. Tony says, nah, that's not my thing. It's not going to happen. Thanks, Tony. We're going to move on to the next candidate. Um, come on in, Jim Leland. Uh, so that, that's, a very, that's, a very, that's a very simple answer to that question. What was the first one you had? You went through three bullet points. What was the first one? Well, it was the... the Willfully stupid or just covering up cheating or standing on... Oh, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. In Boston, yes. the Alex Cora thing, they, yes. you know, Boston gets, gets slapped. Alex Cora came from Houston where they cheated. And then there was the whole steroids thing where he just yep. denied it yep, was... Yep. I'm sorry, this parade float who's batting third in our order has... is It's all done with, in the weight room. This one's very simple for me, too. Every other manager ever would support their players, especially back in the steroids thing. There's tons of managers that did that. I would do that. You would do that. You go to bat, figuratively, for your players. You just do. You're not going to – what do you think you're going to do? Hey, hey, uh, hey, Mark McGuire's cheating media. What do you think about it? It's just not going to happen. It's, 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 there, is, there are rules within a clubhouse. There is no damn manager in their right mind that's going to sell out their players in any way, shape, or form, they're going to look the other way, and I get it. I'm down. I don't. I'm down with it, but I get it. So there's that. Now the kneeling thing too. Yeah, you better come up with a better answer for that, right? I mean, there's just mm-hmm. there's no there's no other way to. Uh, I've got I've got no nuance to that. Come up with a better answer. Change your even if you're even if you don't believe what you're saying, you better come up with a different answer, and you better accept that answer, and you better not speak out about it because it's just. You, you're not going to get through to modern baseball players if if you think any other way. So that that one's simple, right? Well, it it should be, but but Tony Russas, I, I I don't know. I, you I don't agree know on the it, cheating it, thing, by the way. Are you with me on that? That every other manager, not that it makes it okay, but every other man, like like we demonize Tony Larusa. And some of these other guys, you know, how dare they? How dare that we point our fingers? But wouldn't we all do that? Wouldn't we all? cover up for our family for our for our friends for our employees i mean let's let's be real here you're, you, you, you are you are but you also have to know at the same time that your credibility is at stake forever after it's, like, it's <laughs> just true. like the first amendment you have a right to free speech you uh-huh. don't have a right to free consequences there ah. are consequences for speech so tony la russa is in is free to choose to talk about his players defend his players answer for his players answer for himself regarding his players any way he sees fit. But he is does not get to choose the consequences. Those are determined by other people, some yeah. of which can hire him, some of which can root for him, some of which can root against him. And 
that's the way it works. You're very so there's, wise, there's, Steve. Very wise. No, it's not. It's just I'm just filling time. We're the village people. Okay, uh, five one two. What about Tony's DUI? There are so many reasons to a wake and bake, and b not hire that doofus. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't know. Um, and I was kidding about Jim Leland, by the way. It's just I thought it was no. funny to think about the next old guy to bring in. You know. Right. So I there are three one two texter. Our, our by the way, our tech zone. Is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. The Tech Zone number 312-644-6767. That also, you may note, those of you who are not waking bacon, may note at that that is also the number that you can dial and get on the air. If we have a breaking phone call, then Trash Panda will play the breaking phone call sounder, and at which point we will stop everything and take the breaking phone call. Assuming he's time. actually screening calls. You know, he has a tendency to shut the phone yeah, down. Yeah, he just pushes the button and he X's everything yeah. out, and then we get yeah. emails about it. It's a producer, yeah. old producer trick. They don't know. I mean, yeah, they don't, they don't know, know, know that we know what goes on back there. <laughs> you guys have no idea how annoying that phone ringing is. I mean, it just gets in your I head. And I know. It's the only thing how you can, can hear. How can people ring a phone and talk radio? I just don't understand it. Uh, text number 312. Here's what's simple. No one will be hiring Tony La Russa now or ever. A.J. Hinch is the best available manager by far. The White Sox are the best team with an opening for a manager. By far, no-brainer, perfect fit. Wait until after the World Series and make him an, an offer he can't refuse. This ain't nuclear physics. Well, I got a problem with A.J. Hinch. And I got a problem with the way people talk about A.J. Hinch in in this current environment. So we're going to take a break as we pause while broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And I will come back with this. And Mark, we will discuss something that that um, is particularly acute to things that played out in the end of the White Sox season and why A.J. Hinch could face some problems. Okay. So. So we'll do that here on Saturday Suckage. Uh, a update on our show for the rest of the show. If we have this show, we're on this show. It's not our show. But at noon, Chris Emma will be here. He will join us. He reports for the score. We'll talk Bears with Chris. We'll talk Bears with Mark Grody. Scott Merkin covers the White Sox. We'll renew our discussions with him at 1 p.m. And we will have a replay of the Joe Madden interview with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel from inside the clubhouse earlier today. In the meantime, this is Saturday Suckage, but you just figured that out, right? You already knew that. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back welcome in welcome welcome to I guess we're going to have to change Saturday Suckage to Dead Guy Radio. So we've had one suggestion on the text line. White Sox are bringing in the frozen head of Ted Williams to interview. (laughs) Somebody else wonders if Herman Franks is still available. (laughs) So that's it. That's where we're going. I do remember Herman Franks is the first manager that I have like my sports consciousness was available for. I was just a child, but I do remember him being kind of a roly-poly fella, Herman. Oh Franks. yeah, was I? Am yeah. I right about that? Yeah. Yes, he was. He of, was yeah, yeah. The, he he was round. He was a round man. So that was your first, the first manager you were actually like manager coach. You were able to to know that was your. You're able to recall that. Yeah, As like first, first, right, that's the first Cubs manager I remember, Herman Franks, and then I guess after that it would have been Jim Fry, yeah? Was did Jim I, Fry? I was just wondering, because at, at the same time, if it might have been Abe, Abe Gibran, because I always think of just Doug Doug Buffon telling stories oh, about, God. oh my, yeah. No, my <laughs> first, uh, honestly, my first Bears consciousness of a, of a coach, ready for this? Neil Armstrong. A lot of people think that he was the first man on the. No, he was a <laughs> Bears coach. So yeah, there and there really for all you kids out there, there really was a Bears head coach named Neil Armstrong. Neil, he was the yes. fir- and I guess it would have been Ditka that replaced Neil Armstrong, correct? Though. I don't know the. Yeah, sequence. I think that may- I Look it up, studs. It. Yeah. Find out uh, was it Ditka that replaced uh, Neil Armstrong? Was it Jim Fry? That replaced Herman Franks. I seriously would like to know if my mem- my my childhood memory is correct. Les will be on the phone before Studs can before Trash Panda can look it up. They're All right, so we All right, here we you go, a- guys. Neil Armstrong was coach of the Bears from '78 to '81 when he was replaced by Mike Dicka. Dicka. And uh, what about the check that Cubs thing for me too, if you don't mind? So I'm one. Yeah. I'm uh, what one. What was the Cubs one? Sure. All right, what yeah, was so, all right, all right, Studs, you ready to start listening to the show? So it was. I was uh, looking up the Neil Armstrong oh, thing when you were talking. All right, trash. Take it easy. Um, no, <laughs> the the other one was who succeeded Herman Franks as Cubs manager. 
That means who was after. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, I knew that. Wow. Oh. Sorry, man. I know you were. No, like, I'm glad you, you were like a lot at Western Illinois. I, I, I'm sorry. You, you actually graduated with better honors than I did at ISU. Yeah. So. See exactly. Yeah. yeah. Har- Harvard of the Midwest, guys. Yeah, that's right. That's what I've heard. The Leathernecks. Yeah, and Studs was also lamenting the fact they wouldn't let him into the Batman shooting downtown, um, even though he has the Batman tattoo. Oh yeah. It's completely you know unreasonable of them. I, I, I was like surprised by your. I don't know if it was on Instagram, but you you put a picture up and you said something. You wrote like something. Hey, a pretty cool, I guess. And it was one of the cop cars yeah, was, of Gotham was, City. So why was it only I guess? Why was it only I guess? As, cool? I was being. I was being. Uh, what's the word for that when you're when you're downplaying how cool you actually think something is? Because I was really excited in, by immodest it. Immodest would be it. Is being ooh. modest about it, yes, because okay. because anyone that Jeez. knows me reasonably well, not even reasonably well, knows me at all, knows how big of a fan of Batman I am. Right. So, they, so they would know that I'm the obviously Batman. downplaying how excited I am. By the I, way, the okay. manager that succeeded yes. Herman Franks was Joey Ama, at something. Joey Amalfitano. Amalfitano. Oh there you man, go. wasn't he Joey, interim, Joey Ama not so good? But, yeah, yeah, he was okay. interim. He was interim Thank for '79, and then in Thank 1980, you. it was Preston Gomez. Oh my God. And then Lee Elia. Elia. Come on, look. For all the time. Oh, sorry. The 1982 manager of the Cubs, I mispronounced. My bad. And Joey Amalfitano. No, he's not just any manager, Trash Panda. Uh, Right. He's the soundbite manager of the of the history of the team. Now we have to get Grobber on the phone because Grobber is going to beat the hell out of Trash Panda. For, and jo- Joey Amalfitano was a third or first base coach, and he must have gotten elevated to the yeah. job. And then who is the other guy after Lee Elia? Preston Gomez. Oh, my God. I don't remember that. I don't remember He was a third Preston. base coach for the Dodgers. He left the okay. Dodgers to manage the Padres and... And came to the Cubs. God, there was Preston. way too many people before it got to Jim Fry. I mean, I remember Amalfitano, but only as a base coach. I didn't remember the interimness, but that makes sense, actually. Okay. All right. Boy, we went down a rabbit hole, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, anyways, as far as A.J. Hinch is concerned, now, let me review the bidding here. Because you could bookend the White Sox season with getting jump-started with Dallas Keuchel ripping his teammates, right? Is that fair? A lot of people point to that, that sure. post-game Zoom. Right. He never okay. did it again, which I thought was interesting. He never well, they started that. playing like a team that would go on. They were a team that would be the first team to clinch a playoff spot and then ended up in the seventh seed, in case you're wondering why Rick Renteria got fired. And one of the things that came out of that is that Jose Abreu talked about players, you know, they, they sort of bookended Jose players, Jose Abreu and, and Ken Rosenthal's report that veterans didn't like that the manager didn't hold younger players accountable. That you should have an issue with, with the way things were handled as Ricky Renteria was a guy who was fumbling his way through and finding his way through, succeeding in a lot of ways of taking that team that sucked, helping those players get molded into a team that got to the postseason, failed miserably as soon as they clinched a berth, 
and we presume that's the accountability. So let's say Keuchel and Abreu's thoughts, statements, they let down. Abreu was saying they let down, they, they exhaled after they clinched a spot. So let's say those bookend the season. And then Ken Rosenthal's report that the veterans were not happy with Renteria holding, not holding younger guys accountable. So A.J. Hinch was not part of the cheating Astros. He was not part of the cheating that the Astros engaged in. He was neutered. He neutered himself. He failed to stop it. He said he was against it. He broke a TV or two. He told his guys he didn't like it. And he's the manager, and they didn't stop. To me, that shows zero accountability as a manager. That shows zero credibility to me as a manager. His players weren't going to listen to him. He wasn't, he didn't say this has to stop. We're going to win the right way or we're not going to win at all. And White Sox players will figure this out. Why should they listen to him? That's my problem with A.J. Hinch right now. If he doesn't have the spine to stop his players mm-hmm. when they were engaging in something that he clearly disagreed with, that he clearly knew was wrong, that he has clearly paid a price for, why are White Sox players going to listen to him when he tries to discipline them? What do you think? An issue or not? I don't know how these players, I don't know if they would think that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I bet most players have been around another player who has cheated or been untoward, uh, perhaps a manager at some level of their baseball lives. It's very possible that is the case. It's a, it's a great question because you don't want the... The, the kids in the class that are innocent and trying to do well, and then you have a few bad seeds that are not, and then the boss or the teacher is not... To, like, it makes complete sense. I can see how that would piss off the innocent kids. It's like the whole steroids era, I suppose, where n- nobody did enough to stop it, and the people that weren't doing it were like, well, what the hell? What am I doing mm-hmm. here? Why am I not doing steroids if nobody is going to bring this to a halt? So I don't know if... my long way of saying... I think that maybe the A.J. Hinch credibility will supersede that because all the information that is out there about him, it feels like, even though the cheating is the the overriding, unavoidable topic, it feels like a lot of the information that has come out from the baseball insiders and presumably the baseball players would pay attention to that is that A.J. Hinch is a great, super smart baseball mind and that he is a guy who is capable of getting you to the next level. So I don't know that players are that thoughtful to think it that far through to think, oh, I don't know about this guy. He might he may allow garbage can banging again. I think that they would go <laughs> I think they would go with the other side of it and that is the baseball intel side, I think, but I have no idea what those individual White Sox players think. I think another problem with all of this is, like in terms of the news cycle that has been nonstop this week on on the score. And understandably, if I was hosting every day on the score, Tony LaRusso would have been a topic every single day. The reason it is is because there have been no other reports of 
any other candidates. And I know that there is the waiting for the A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora to become available, but there hasn't been one report, local or national, from any reporters attaching any other real candidate. Like, there's been no, well, reportedly, Bruce Bochy is interviewing for the job. Reportedly, so-and-so bench coach is is going to inter- Like, no other reports. There's been one guy linked to the White Sox by a credible reporter, like him or not, in Bob Nightingale. Other than that, nothing, man. No other, no other reports of anything. Well, I was going to save it for later, but here's the scoop. Connie Mack is going to interview for the... <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Perfect. We'll come back. We'll come back. There's more stuff we can continue because there's a difference between A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora, and we should at least point it out. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Top of the hour, we will talk some Bears football. Chris Emmel will join us, and Mark Grody will join us because he's contractually obligated to. That's right. Right here on Saturday Suckage, the Wake and Bake Club. Now we're trying to make it, <clears throat> we suck so you don't have to, and we're trying to make it passable as you consider Tony La Russa or Casey Stengel as the next White Sox manager. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Nice. Just in case you think we're joking about Saturday suckage. All you need to know is here our producer try to name Cubs managers <laughs> and the beating he's, he's fight, taking man. on the text lines. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. The Tech Zone brought to you by Rosa Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com is also also brought to you by some kind of paddle just just tattooing Trash Panda for, <clears throat> wow, your producer's lack of baseball knowledge le- legit makes my head hurt. And somebody listing off, this has got to be Les's number, 82, 83, Ilya, August 83, Charlie Fox, Jim Fry, 1984 to June 86, Gene Michael, June 86 till August, and it just goes on and on. Frank Lucchese, rest of 1987, rest in peace. And... <laughs> he didn't know how to pronounce. Wow. wow, Mark. You know what that means? That means that a... Trash Panda would rather take a phone call than defend his lack of baseball knowledge. <laughs> I know he defended All right, I'll defend time. it real quick and just say exactly okay. what I said to that guy, which is I'm sorry I don't uh-huh. have encyclopedic knowledge of how to pronounce Cubs managers from the early 80s, 10 years before I was born. My bad. Anyway. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. You said sue me, which is oh, so yeah. 90s. That was, that, that was, that, I also that, I said so that to a different guy. Me. Yeah, sue me. My Come bad, on, all right? So sue me. <laughs> anyway. You're hilarious, man. Cannon Sandwich got? has been hanging on for a long time, so I want to make sure he gets he gets on here. He wants to talk about Ozzy. Okay, good. Okay. All right, go ahead. Welcome. Good morning, gentlemen. I use that term loosely. Um, (laughs) What I'm wondering is why was Ozzy dismissed so quickly at the beginning of the hunt? I mean, he he analyzes the team every day. He knows the team. The language barrier is no problem. He definitely knows baseball. I have a bunch of friends that are Sox fans. We all want Ozzy, and for him to not even be considered, does Reinsdorf hold a grudge against him? 
It's very simple. The very, very simple. I have a lot of simple answers on the show today, I've noticed. It exploded <laughs> at the end with two guys that are still there in Kenny Williams and Rick Khan. They tried this. Any team that hires Ozzie Guillen is going to have to deal with some degree of ridiculousness. And it got ridiculous with the White Sox at the end. It got horrible. They've tried it. I do think it was hilarious. Like, actually laugh out loud funny that Rick Khan was like, I'm not going to say anything about any candidates. However, we will tell you this, Sports Talk Radio. There will be no Ozzie Guillen, okay? We are taking that out of the equation, so stop talking about Ozzie Guillen, which to me was just hilarious because that comes directly from Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score, and our wonderful callers. And the the idea that, that Ozzie was the first guy dismissed speaks to whatever... I, I don't know if it's a ridiculousness or if they're actually... You know, the baseball version of the X's and O's, the analytics reasons that that a lot of GMs today have gained the power to pseudo-manage, to meta-manage. Here's 10,000 lines of data printout. Know them all for tonight's game. Know them all for every possible situation. And managers who want to grasp that are likely to get a job managers who don't want to grasp that, who want to do go by what they see, what they feel, manage the game in front, what they think is in front of them, which we've often criticized Matt Nagy for, I have anyways, um, they're going to have a hard time getting a job. And I'd say Ozzy falls into the latter category, but he remains the only World Series manager that the White Sox have known, and he was the first guy they dismissed. Times change. I don't I know if Ozzy has or not. This- I think the bigger part of this, look, look, the, the White Sox thing is a non-starter. They gave Ozzy an opportunity, and he was successful, and he got every opportunity possible. The Sox don't owe Ozzy anything. Now, what? Now, Ozzy Guillen at large, unfortunately, this is not a good time for Ozzy Guillen because general managers and owners want controllable managers. They want a guy who will work well with the front office. Ozzy Guillen thinks for himself, which is a kudos to him. He would have been better served working in the time of a guy that we mentioned earlier, um, and Earl Weaver and some of the other classic managers of the day, Tommy Lasorda, that were the faces of their franchises. Unfortunately for Ozzy, this is just not a good time to impose your will as a manager in baseball. And maybe that time will, maybe that'll flip in five years. And I hope he, I think he's a really good manager. I thought I covered him many years when he was with the White Sox, including their World Series run, Home and Road. And he, I thought he was a good tactician, and I think he would be open to metrics and a different way of thinking. It's more about the personality and the control that he would have over an organization that is just not floating with GMs these days. Yeah, I'd love to have a truth serum to know what it is with him specifically in the White Sox for him to be the first guy. You know, we're going to bring back Tony La Russa, but we're not going we're, we're, we're to we're bring back a guy we fired and didn't win. A World Series, the guy who won the World Series, we're not considering him at all. He's the first guy we X'd off. <laughs> right, and, we're not, not going to tell you anything about anything. But but we will tell you this. No Ozzy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. 513, before Trash Panda leaves, I wanted to read this. There's 513 texture. There's a palpable tension today between studs and Grody. Should we call a truce? The moms would not put up with this. Now, play nice, fellas. Ooh, that's true. That's true. That's right. So, Alice and Gene, if we put them on the air, ooh, boy. Are we cool, studs? Are we cool, buddy? Oh, yeah, we're cool. 
You're a fan yeah, of you know, It's the text wow. line that's criticizing me. You guys I don't care about. Right, right. Thank we, you. And, cool. we, we, and we hold the same love for you. Studs is like my uh, my radio nephew because like we we got the Bears thing and he like so that's always there and I feel like I can rip him and he could rip me we've got that kind of relationship I don't want to have relationships with people where we can't like take each other on okay Gene and Alice okay but if he were your radio niece he get to go to the Katy Perry he'd be a, he'd be a Katy cat wouldn't he that's very true the nieces look the nieces got to go to I took him to see Katy Perry they used to come up in the Cubs booth yeah they yeah. look the nieces get what they want Studs is gonna go out and wander into the Batman shooting and hope he gets to stay. All right, we're, <laughs> we're mispronounced, mispronounced, mispronounced Lee, Elia and Joey Emma. What an Emma, idiot! And Emma not gonna manage. <laughs> All right, we we Emma gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll All talk right. some Bears football. Mark Rohde, Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 